Good morning. It's Wednesday, February 21st. I'm Beth Golay, and this is Wichita's Early Edition from KMUW News. As states across the nation race to capitalize on carbon sequestration, two companies in Kansas are trying to build the state's first underground carbon dioxide storage sites. Proponents hope storing carbon emitted by factories or ethanol plants would fight climate change by keeping it out of the atmosphere. Coming up, we'll hear what's in store for Kansas in the growing carbon capture industry, right after the news. Prosecutors said Tuesday that they have charged two men with murder in connection with last week's shooting at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl rally. Both men are from Missouri and face several criminal charges, including second-degree murder. The men have been hospitalized since the shooting. Officials say an argument between the men led to an exchange of gunfire near Union Station. One woman was killed and more than 20 people injured. Authorities previously charged two juveniles in connection with the incident. They say more arrests and charges are possible. Kansas Republicans failed Tuesday to override Democratic Governor Laura Kelly's veto of a major tax-cutting package. Daniel Cottle of the Kansas News Service reports. Republicans in the Kansas House fell three votes short of the two-thirds majority needed to override the veto and send it to the Senate. Five Republicans voted with Democrats against an override. The package included a number of proposed tax cuts. The most controversial was a single-rate income tax, often called a flat tax. Both parties say tax cuts are a priority because of a healthy budget surplus, but it's unclear whether they'll be able to reach a deal. Kelly says she'll call lawmakers back to Topeka for a special session if they fail to pass tax relief. For the Kansas News Service, I'm Daniel Caudill at the State House. The Kansas Supreme Court is considering the constitutionality of a state law that makes it a crime to impersonate an election official. Republicans passed the law in 2021 amid unsubstantiated claims of election fraud proliferated by former President Donald Trump. Voting rights groups say it effectively bans voter registration drives, violating the First Amendment. Attorney Elizabeth Frost asked the state's top court to block the law at a hearing Tuesday. Every single day that goes by that the plaintiffs are under this threat is a harm not just to them, but to the public. State officials say the law helps curb voter fraud. It's part of a wave of restrictions Republicans have pushed across the country in the wake of the 2020 election. The Wichita School District will host question-and-answer sessions over the coming week for families impacted by proposed school closings. All sessions start at 5.30. The first is today at Marshall Middle School, another will be held Thursday at West High School, and a third Monday at the School District's Administrative Center at Lincoln and Edgemore. The Wichita School Board will hold a public hearing on February 29th. Board members will vote next month on a plan to close two middle schools and four elementary schools. The EPA is holding a virtual community meeting tomorrow night for people to share feedback about environmental justice issues. The meeting will provide information on the Heartland Environmental Justice Center, which recently opened at Wichita State University. The center is receiving $10 million to help Midwest communities apply for environmental grants. The centers are part of a federal effort to focus on environmental issues that disproportionately impact marginalized communities. The meeting will allow people who attend to speak with EPA staff and ask questions about local environmental issues. Learn more at epa.gov. 
A highly anticipated apartment complex in downtown Wichita hit a snag during Tuesday's city council meeting. Council members delayed a vote on issuing bonds for the 370-unit apartment because of concerns about parking. The agreement includes leasing out part of a city-owned lot to the developer. Council member Dalton Glasscock questioned whether the city would get a proper return on investment for the lot if the deal went through. I know we have um, tons of deferred maintenance in the city, especially with parking lots, um, as expressed by the manager's office as well. So those are my concerns. Developers say without the parking agreement, they will decrease the number of units to about 250. The $100 million project would be located on the northwest corner of Waterman and Washington. The council will reconsider the agreement at its March 5th meeting. Flags in Kansas will fly at half-staff on Saturday to remember the people injured and killed during the Chiefs' Super Bowl rally last week. Governor Laura Kelly released the order Tuesday. Lisa Lopez-Galvin of Shawnee died during the shooting near Union Station in Kansas City, Missouri. More than 20 other people were injured. Kelly says Kansans and people in the greater Kansas City community are mourning Lopez-Galvin's death. Kelly was at the event when the shooting broke out. Authorities say two adults and two juveniles have been arrested and charged in the incident. We'll be back after this. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts. This is Wichita's Early Edition. I'm Beth Golay. Two companies in Kansas are trying to build the state's first underground carbon dioxide storage sites. Proponents hope storing carbon emitted by factories or ethanol plants would fight climate change by keeping it out of the atmosphere. Kansas News Service editor Stephen Caranda and reporter Kaylin Moore review what we've learned so far. Kaylin, this idea of carbon sequestration has really become more popular. What's the proposal in Kansas and what are other states doing? So there's two proposals right now for carbon sequestration wells in central Kansas. They're both waiting for the approval by the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, and both of them are ethanol plants. So they're wanting to pump CO2 into the ground instead of having it be released into the atmosphere. And this has actually been a national trend. There's a bunch of ethanol manufacturers that are really wanting to get federal tax incentives that have been increased. Is that why ethanol companies are so interested in carbon sequestration right now? It's mostly the valuable tax incentives. The biggest CO2 pipelines could stand to earn hundreds of millions of dollars, especially outside of Kansas. The Biden administration increased tax credits for companies that trap carbon underground. It also recently created a tax credit for producing low-emission fuels that starts next year. How much money is on the line for these ethanol companies? Companies could gain $85 per ton of carbon emissions captured and stored from industrial facilities and power plants. And they also could gain tax credits if they just sell their emissions to other companies that are looking for sequestration credits. Why Kansas? What is it about our state that makes this idea attractive? I spoke to Brendan Bream at the Kansas Geological Survey, and he said that Kansas could be a potential hub for carbon sequestration because parts of the states can have pores beneath the surface that would be good for this kind of use. 
He also said that the relatively small populations in Kansas can help these projects run into less hurdles when they're building and constructing these pipelines. And given the tax incentives, Bream thinks that more oil and gas producers could become even more interested. As long as there are tax incentives, there would be incentives for companies to do construction, whether it's pipelines or drill injector wells. Some groups are opposed to this whole process. What concerns have those opponents raised? There's over 500 organizations that have come out against carbon capture, mostly because they think these are short-term solutions. And the more focus you put on these carbon capture projects, the more federal money gets drawn away from existing practices that have just a better track record. Things like wind farms and renewable energy seem to be preferred. And sustainable farming could also capture carbon into the soil while um, decreasing the demand for fossil fuel burning. So that's why environmental groups might oppose CO2 pipelines. But what are landowners and communities in the area of the pipelines saying? There has been concerns about whether a company can lay pipe against a landowner's will, and even safety and health concerns. Like in 2020, a CO2 pipeline erupted in Mississippi. It poisoned the air and it caused people to pass out and have seizures. Farmers also worry that the pipeline construction can damage their soil so significantly that it'll cut into their crop yields. However, that being said, pipelines also could pay local property taxes that could benefit local governments and schools and rural areas. In some Kansas counties, oil and gas pipelines have become their biggest taxpayers, and that could be seen with carbon pipelines as well. What kind of regulations are there around these pipelines, and who would be overseeing them? Right now, carbon sequestration wells are regulated by the EPA for most states, including Kansas. There are three states that have assumed oversight over the wells like Louisiana, North Dakota, and Wyoming. Kansas has already assumed oversight over other injection wells, like Waste Brine. Officials right now say there's no plan to assume oversight over carbon sequestration wells, though. But if the demand increases, then they say they'll be open to it. The Kansas News Service reports on health, the many factors that influence it, and their connection to public policy. Thanks for joining us for Wichita's Early Edition. We'll be back again tomorrow. For KMUW News, I'm Beth Golay. Wichita's Early Edition is part of the NPR Podcast Network.